0: Good morning! How are we feeling? I'm not saying I brought the spring, but I am saying I came from South Carolina and I'm wearing floral, so maybe, maybe, I don't know, right? Um, Okay, let's talk. I love your church. I just want you guys to know, I love your church. I love your pastors. I want to know everything about them. I have been a longtime friend of the Shibandi family, and so I've known about Heartland. I've been praying for you guys. I've wanted to be here. I've been so eager to get here, and I just, I just love you guys. I love Ashley. I love Pastor John. I want to know more about them. I feel so connected to them because I am an author. But I also lead a church in Charleston, South Carolina with my husband. And so that's pertinent to this information because I need to tell you about something about our church. Now, this we do not have in common, I hope. But I have um, a very stereotypical pastor's kid. I have four kids, and of my four, one, like, fits the stereotype to a T, and I would say that stereotype being that he looks really tidy and respectable on the outside and everybody thinks he is like the cream of the crop, and he is the most mischievous person I've ever met. <laughs> so he, 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 I actually have, have his permission to share these things with you, but um, his name is Elias, he's my oldest, he's 15, and uh, he, is, he is a great kid. He loves God. He loves people. He is at my church this morning running sound. He runs the sound booth. And he's, he's like a good older brother. And he's a good discipler of younger boys. He's really kind. But he is really seriously sneaky. Like the sneakiest person I've ever met. Um, this story is not even the story I'm going to tell you about, Elias. But literally one time we were in a prayer gathering at our church. And he set a fire in a trash can during the prayer gathering. So I'm like gently praying with everyone. And I look and there's billowing smoke out of a trash can in the back. And I see Elias trying to put it out with coffee cups of water. He's just, he's sneaky is what he is. Um, And so what happened, the story I do want to tell you about Elias is that a few weeks ago, I noticed that huge flats of water bottles were going missing from our kitchen our church kitchen, and I only noticed because I go get one almost every morning or a few times a day, and a few days in a row, I'd like go get one in the morning, and then the entire flat of water bottles would be gone in the afternoon. And we're a small church, like a water bottle, a flat of water bottles is an investment, you know? So I noticed it the first day, and I was like, maybe somebody's taking them for an event. I went back the next day, got a water bottle in the morning, in the afternoon, the whole flat of water bottles was gone again. And I was like, who's taking these water bottles? I'll I'll go to the store, I'll replace them again, third day in a row. Happens again by four o'clock in the afternoon, all the water bottles are gone. At this point, I'm like, someone is stealing from God's church, and I'm going to find out who it is. So thankfully, we have this app that has all our cameras on the app, and I can pull up any of the cameras and see what people have been doing. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to find out. I've just been taking these water bottles. And I open the app, and I go back to, like, the, the last few days, and you guys, it is crazy. But I see, like, at three days in a row, someone covers the camera <laughs> with a piece of paper, And then it it comes off a few minutes later. And I was like, not only is someone stealing water bottles, but they're trying to hide it. Like, what kind of crazy people do we have in here? This is nuts. We'll give you water. Like, what's the deal? So I am on a rampage. I'm I'm emailing every ministry leader, every small group. I don't know who's doing this, but it's not funny. And then I find out it's Elias. Elias. And he had heard me mention, like, one day that they were gone, and he just decided to make me feel crazy. So he literally goes in every afternoon after he gets home from school, covers up the camera, and steals the entire flat of water bottles. That's the kind of kid he is. So here's what I did. What Elias didn't know, he knew we had the cameras, and he knows I look at the cameras on my app, but he doesn't know that the app has a feature where I can speak through the cameras to anyone who is in the vicinity of the camera so the next time I knew that Elias he likes to go to the church in the afternoon because he's such a good kid and he likes to work on the sound booth and make sure everything's whatever so I knew he was going that's a sweet thing to do so I knew he was going to the church and he was going to do some things around the church and get some stuff done and so I was at home with my app and he was alone in the building there was no one else there That's a sacred, holy place to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, our church has stained glass. It feels very churchy. So I knew he'd be a little bit on high alert. And I waited until he was alone in the sanctuary. And through the camera, I turned on the mic and I said, Elias, this is God. (laughs) You guys, he literally had no idea. He had no idea you could talk through the app. And so I am telling you, he's like, (sighs) Okay. (laughs) I just went with it for like a whole minute. I was like, you need to stop stealing water bottles. At that point, he knew it was me. And um, he was like, you're crazy, lady. I was like, I know. Don't take my water bottles, boy. Um, So we have fun. We have a lot of fun. But here's what I'm saying. Being watched and being seen can be real creepy. Amen? Amen. Being watched and being seen and even being known, if you don't consent to it, if you don't realize that it's happening, can be a little jarring. But what I want to tell you today, what I want to remind you of as you guys are in this sermon series of like, may I remind you, I would say lovingly, may I remind you that you are seen by God. May I remind you that you are seen by God? And here's the deal I I told the gals last night, I am a good news girl. And so I, in particular, when people come to church and when I get the opportunity to share God's word with them, I want them to leave feeling better than they came in. And I believe that we can hear hard words and we can hear hard truths often and still feel better. But I really want you to feel better today because I want your pastors to invite me back. So this is going to be like a really happy, happy message that I pray Sends you out of here feeling better than when you came in. So here's the next part that I want to remind you is that being known and being seen by God is actually really good news. It's not creepy. It's not scary. It's not something we need to fear. It's not spooky It's actually really good news that we are seen and known by God. And I'm going to just give you three reasons why I believe it's really good news. Reasons that I genuinely think should make us smile, should help us feel joy. Here's the very first one. Being known by God and being seen by God equates to grace in our lives. Being known by God equates to grace in our life. Now, there's one passage about being known by God and being seen by God that's really well known, and I want to kind of camp out in that passage today, and that's Psalm 139. Um, So we're going to start right at the top of that chapter, and we're going to look into what does it mean that being known by God equates to grace for us. Here's what Psalm 139 says. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar. With all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. You are seen by God, whether or not you want to acknowledge it or not. He knows you and He sees you. Now, why? In the name of Jesus, how can we believe that this is grace for us, that this is mercy for us, that this is good news for us? Here's why. Because Romans 5, 6 reminds us that at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. So what I'm saying, let me smush these points together, in case you've never thought about it, is that you are known and seen by God. You are loved And while he knew all the crazy stuff you'd get into, he still chose you. He still loved you. He still moved toward you. He knew your mistakes before you'd make them. He knew your darkest secrets before you decided to hide them. He is not nervous about your future mistakes. Does anybody need to hear that? Because sometimes I picture God up there like, oh God, what is she going to do next? Oh my word, Lord have mercy, Jess Connolly is a mess. He's not. He's not wringing his hands. He's not shifting his feet. He's not worried about your next step or your next misstep. He saw it all beforehand made you still, extended you grace, and created a plan to use even the most broken and messy parts of your life for his glory and the good of others. That is grace to us. I don't know about y'all, but I have a feeling that pretty much every single one of us in this room, if we had to like play a worst day highlight reel on these cameras right now in front of everyone else, we would walk out, right? Like, if you even played a soundtrack of, I don't know, the last 12 hours of my life, it wasn't dark and weird, but I'm saying still, you know? Like, I don't don't want my thoughts played on a loudspeaker. Anybody else? He knows it all. He sees it all. He's not shocked. He's not scared. He still moves toward you in love. I was even like just ruminating on these words this week, and I was just talking to God about it and saying, like, okay, do I really believe this? God, do I really believe this? And I just sensed, even in my spirit, this, this reminder from him that God doesn't feel shame about my past. God doesn't feel shame about your past. He's good, and he's just, and he's true, and he loves his word, and he loves righteousness. But he's not wringing his head. He's not hanging his head. He's not disappointed that he picked you. He's not frustrated with himself that he made you. He sees it all. He knows it all. And he still loves us. That is grace. Here's the second thing that I really think can send us out of here smiling today. And that is that being known by God equals companionship. Being known by God equals companionship. Let's move a little further into Psalm 139. The psalmist says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If, my, if I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. What I'm saying is we can't get away from God. And why that is such good news is because of this. This next passage for us is this reminder about what Jesus says. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. We can't get away from him. And moreover, he's not just saying like, you can't get away from me and we're gonna be in this really rough relationship where I'm always disappointed you. Instead, I'm calling you my friend. Instead, I'm saying, I don't want you to hang out in the back of the kingdom and earn your place here. I want to tell you secrets about what I'm doing. I want to give you gifts. I want to empower you. I'm calling you an ambassador. We're going to talk. We're going to communicate. I'm going to speak things to you. I'm going to speak through you. I'm going to work through you. And I'm going to be there with you through it all. And that is very good news. I'll tell you all this, I'm a friend girl. Anybody like a friend person? Any guys, any of you friend guys? I feel like guys are better at being friends sometimes than women are. There's some like real bro friendship. Uh, vibes rising in 2022. I, I see it here. I, I've already heard y'all. I feel like your men hang out. They do the things. I'm a friend girl. I like people. I really love to be around people. But because of a series of events, I usually travel with someone. And this time I traveled by myself because I wanted to see Lindsay and spend time with Lindsay and um, and and be with you guys. And so I've been alone a lot more than I've been in, I would say, the last 20 years. Um, <laughs> Truly, 100%. I got married when I was 20, and then I had three kids very quickly. And so I've actually never spent more than one night in a house by myself. Isn't that crazy? I have had someone me for the last solid 15 years. Um, so the last day and a half, I just feel so emotionally and mentally healthy because I've been just talking to God. <laughs> like... I, I called my husband after the women's event last night, and he said, literally, I've never heard you talk this much after an event. Usually, I get done teaching, and I, like, crawl into a hole, and I'm not okay. I called him. I was like, let me tell you about what God said, and let me tell you about what I saw, and let me tell you about this church. It's amazing. I want it. He was like, you need more time alone. <laughs> like, you, you really need to spend more time alone. You are so much healthier. You guys are getting me at my peak right now. <laughs> What I'm saying is, I have been with God the last 36 hours, and when you're getting ready to preach a message on the companionship of God, you don't zone out, but you just talk to him. I've been talking to him just while I do my makeup, while I've been talking to him about the cold. I've been saying, this is really confusing for me. <laughs> right? Why? Why do you make them live like this? <laughs> I've been crying out to him in my anguish. I've been turning around this thought. I don't know about you guys, but as as a person who teaches the Bible, the more I read it, the more confused I am about some things. And I'm okay with that because I don't want a God I can figure out in a three-page PDF, you know? Like, I'm okay with him being bigger and smarter than I can imagine. One thing I keep turning around, this question I keep turning around, and I just want to talk to him about one day is can you be far from god Psalm 139 kind of points me to like can can we technically be far from god People say that all the time like oh she's far from god that's what we say in the south like bless her <laughs> She's backslidden <laughs> To where? Like he's he's there. If you go to the depths, like where can you backslide that he's not? You know? We say, they're far from God. Are they? Are they? God is not far from them. You know what I'm saying? I think maybe more the question is, are we... Actively acknowledging how near God is to us. We talk about people as if they are close to God. I use this language, oh, she is close to God. He is close to God. Are they really any closer than you and I? No, I don't think so metaphysically. But do they acknowledge his nearness and his presence and his goodness and his companionship? And do they say, this is good news. I am not alone. I am seen. I am heard. And I have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What's more, let's read this next passage about Jesus that so encourages me from Hebrews. For we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we have, but he didn't sin. And this reminds me that not only is God with us now, but Jesus submitted himself to the pains of being human so that he could say, I get it, I get it. That thing you're feeling, I get that. I actually know that one. It's not just that I feel bad for you, I empathize. Your loneliness, I get it. Your aching body, your frustration, your anxiety, I get it. Your pain, your sorrow, yes. Yeah, I know that one. I don't know about y'all, but having a savior and a king who doesn't just pat me on the head and say like, best of luck, but says, I've been it. I've been there. I'm with you. I love you. I see you. I know you. I'm not leaving your side. That is really, really, really good news. I don't know. I couldn't even begin to imagine what it feels like to be you. I couldn't even begin to imagine to work through the set of circumstances that you've had, the pain and the sorrow that you've had, and you couldn't begin to work through and begin to understand mine. I cannot see things from your perspective, no matter how hard I try, but somehow my Savior and King says, like, I get it, and I love you, and I'm with you, and I'm not leaving and on your best day, I'm there. And on your worst day, I'm with you. That's crazy. Do you guys remember that footprints poem from like the 80s and early 90s? Yes, raise, raise the hands. I see that hand, amen. Some of y'all missed out on that, and that was God's grace to you. Um, <laughs> but it was, a, <laughs> I, <that's, laughs> it was a poem, and it most often um, accompanied really un- good looking picture um, that was like footprints in the sand. And it's a poem about um, a person saying like, God, I, w- I was walking through my life. I don't I saw It's a weird metaphor. And I saw a set of footprints. And there was sometimes there was only one. And so you must have stopped walking with me. And, it's, and God says, no, it was during that time that I carried you. Listen, can we bring footprints back? Because that hits right now. Amen? Amen? I'm just saying, I, if I look back at 2020 and 2021, there was one set of footprints. Or maybe there was one set of footprints and like a body dragging behind because (laughs) Jesus was like, come on, come on, get up, girl. That's what he was saying to me. There was like a Jess shape in the sand. And I was like, I don't want to anymore. Footprints hits. I'm just saying, we need to bring it back. Footprints 2022. You are known by God. And that means that you have a companion. You are not bad at relationships. You, I find so many people have this lie about relationships. If people really knew, if they really knew what I struggled with, they wouldn't love me. And Jesus crashes that lie to the ground. And those of us who by grace through faith have access to Jesus and are made in his likeness, we get to love people the same way he would. We get to see their worst and we get to see their best and still move toward them. Say, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I love you. Here's the last thing that I think we can walk out of here smiling about. Being known by God equals equipping for us. Being known by God equals equipping for us. I've told y'all I'm a church girl, and so I think a lot about church, and I think a lot about, you know what? I, I'm also a very nebulous deep thinker, which is not cute most days. Um, I, I like to say I'm the kind of girl who if I look in the mirror too long, I'll start to wonder why we have this dip over our noses. Do you guys, anybody ever wonder? Don't look at it in the mirror. You will not get up for two hours. Like, what why? Some people don't have one. It has a name. I've studied it. It's really interesting. It starts with an N. I can't pronounce it. Um, I'm a deep thinker. So I I will often, even though I've been leading a church for eight years, I've been in the church for 20 plus years, um, a lot of Sunday mornings I'll think like, why are we here? What are we doing here? This is kind of crazy if you think about it. Like we all come into a room and face the same direction and sing and then, like, collectively sit down and stand up again. It's just interesting. Like, when you kind of shake your head, you're like, this is interesting. That being said, I love the church, and I love doing it. But, but most days, when I'm kind of standing there and I'm overthinking it, um, and I'm, I know I have to teach, so I have to get this deep thought out of my head, I will say, like, God, what I hope is, what I hope is that people leave here feeling equipped, what I hope is, is that people feel more equipped for their actual life. I hope dads feel more equipped to love their kids. I hope businessmen feel more equipped to make decisions and to lead. I pray that moms feel more equipped to change diapers. I pray that friends feel more equipped. I feel that roo- I pray that roommates feel more equipped and hairstylists and everybody, just I pray they would walk out of here feeling more equipped and empowered to do what you've asked them to do. That they would be empowered by the word and, and this worship and everything. They would just, They would just leave feeling better amen do you want to leave feeling better i hope you don't want to leave feeling worse we need to talk about that you should have come last night let's read a little more of psalm 139 for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Why is this so empowering that we are so deeply known And so specifically made by God. I mean, I could just talk about this for three hours. Why is that so empowering? Well, number one, you are specifically equipped for the life that he has placed you in. He has not, you you have not made a misstep and tripped into the place that you are. He will empower you, but he specifically created you for where you're at. And that is very, very, very good news. But there's another reason, and I want us actually to just kind of skip over to Ephesians 3. And let's read this passage. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power, through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Let's keep going. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide And long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. I want to run laps. Here's what Ephesians tells us. It takes power to understand how known and loved we are by God. But when we know it, it gives us power. The rest of the world will tell you in every other profession, in every other calling, you need to study more. You need to get better. You need to practice. You need to fail. You need to get different qualifications. You need to be better. You need to be stronger. You need to be faster. And the gospel says you are already known. It's actually going to take supernatural power for you to understand just how known and loved you are. But once you know it, you are unstoppable. In the name of Jesus, amen? Let me tell you what this means, Christians, that you have often heard, we have often heard a different gospel that says if you want to be strong in the Lord, if you want to be near to God, you need to be tidier, better, faster, smarter. And God says, you are known. And you get to acknowledge that. And thinking about it and acknowledging it and paying attention to it actually (laughs) empowers you. It actually changes your your life. I want to just say this like very clearly. I don't think we can think enough about how much God loves us. I don't think we can think about it too much. And I want to say this because I'm a woman and we're a little bit more classified with with the feelings, Um, but men of God, I don't think you can think about this too much. I don't think you can overthink God's love for you. I think it actually will transform your life and it will empower you. It will not make you soft or weak. It may make you soft but it will be a spiritual softness that brings wild strength. Women of God, you might have been told that to think about how much God loves you is selfish. It's not, it's glorifying God because it's not about you. If you spend time thinking about how great you are, that is therefore prideful. If you spend time thinking about how much God loves you, it's glorifying him. It's magnifying his goodness and his character and it will empower you because here's what, you can't stand in the presence of God and acknowledge how much you're known and seen and loved and not go love other people. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard to stand in the presence of God and acknowledge how much you're known and seen and loved and then go out and feel wildly insecure. It's hard to spend a lot of time in the presence of God acknowledging that you're known and seen and loved and then go out and be withholding and selfish. It's hard to spend a lot of time in the presence of God being known and seen and loved and then feel lackluster about life and feel passive about what's happening around you. It just fires you up. It empowers you. Here's the wild news, and this is where I'm gonna end. The thing is, this, there's so much emphasis placed on trying to know God. And I think that's a worthy and beautiful pursuit. I want to know more about God. I want to understand his character. I want to understand his presence. I want to understand his power. I want to understand his word. I want to understand his people. I want to know God too. But that does take a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of humility. But right now, today, Something wild can happen if the people of God say, I want to know God, but, but even maybe more than that, I want to acknowledge that he knows me. And he still chose me, and he still loves me, and he still moves toward me. There's nothing I have to hide from him. I can't get away from him. I can't get far from him. His love is actually wild and earth-changing and life-shattering, and that changes me, and that empowers me, and he's my friend on top of that, so I don't go alone into this world. I think what's crazy is this, is that when we spend time thinking about how God knows and sees us, we actually end up knowing him better anyhow because we're more aware of his character, more cautious and and careful with understanding who he is instead of just moving through life pretending like he's some cosmic grandpa that's gonna zap us when we get it wrong. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. The, the camera in the church analogy fails. It breaks down. So I'm not gonna try to be like, just imagine that God is watching through the camera and he can talk to you. That would be a weird analogy. I don't know. Imagine walking out of here and maybe Monday or Tuesday or Thursday, feeling discouraged, or feeling alone, or feeling shame, or feeling tired, or feeling like you don't have what it takes, and then remembering, like, I'm seen, I'm known, I can I can talk to him right now. He's not far. He loves me. Might just change the world, right? Let's pray. Father, we actually love that you offer us your help to know how loved and how seen we are. I love that Paul says, I pray that you would have the power to grasp it because it's going to take some power. It's going to take time and it's going to take Holy Spirit and it's going to take supernatural help for us to grasp that you're so loving and you're so kind and that you see us and that you move toward us. And so we ask just for that, just like needy kids who really need their dad's help. Would you give us the power to understand it? Would you give us the power to understand how known and seen we are? Would you help us to remember this message? Would you help us to remember this word as we move throughout our week? When we feel alone and when we feel unequipped, and when we feel unseen, and when we feel like if anyone else knew what we were dealing with, they'd move away from us, may we remember your love, your kindness, your companionship